Did you guys hear about uh, what about this incident that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is putting in her book? Oh yes, oh, the King yes, the King yes. Jong Un the King Jong Un wink. Like, That's yeah. so fake. Excuse That's so me. fake and fuck. Excuse no, my, me. I want to. So so okay. It's so, so hard being an Eastern man. Pre- President Donald Trump told Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, to go to North Korea and take one for the team after Kim Jong Un appear- appeared to wink at her. This is so fake. Memoir. This is so fake. No, here's my. This is like the most fake. <laughs> my, yeah, my, I hope that's true. <laughs> no, my my. I want to read you my favorite. He's a fucking dictator. Like he can like come the fuck on. I, I want to. I want to read you. Sanders, get out of here. I want to read out. you my favorite. Alex, how could you call article. Kim Jong Un the glorious leader a dictator? What's wrong uh, with you? All right, all right. Let the man speak. Let the man speak. So according according to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, what Trump said to her was, "Well, Sarah, that settles." It. You're going to North Korea and taking one for the team. Your husband and kids will miss you, but you'll be a hero to your country. <laughs> that's so fake. That's, okay, well, that's definitely first, fake. That's definitely first of all, fake. Donald Trump can't string a sentence that long. Yeah, I was like, how can she be a woman of all people? How can she be so dumb she can't even fake a, to- a Trump sentence, right? Like, with that proximity, she can't even fake a Trump sentence. Yeah, Trump would just be like, oh, you and Kim. Exactly. You exactly. Guys. exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Any anybody else want to give a, one of your Trump impressions to propose what he might have said and to rewrite her book for you for her? Kim wants to fuck like, you. Fuck him for the country. You do all have like pretty decent? All, all three of you have like decent Trump impressions. I got I don't like this Kim guy. I don't like him one bit. <laughs> I don't right. like him. Apparently they're friends now. But Sarah, but Sarah, you got to take one for the team. I don't like this guy. One more, Alex. One more. (laughs) Sarah, you feeling a little yellow fever tonight? Come on, take one for the team. (laughs) No. That's plausible. It's it's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see him saying that. God damn it. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. It's me, Benjamin, and we've also got Ricky, uh, Matias, and Alex. Right now, today, it is Thursday, September 3rd, and thanks for joining us this week. Now, it's it's not news to anyone that we're living through some pretty wild fucking times right now, but it seems like in like the last week or so, We've seen a, a, a bit of an increase in what some would probably describe as like political violence. Uh, specifically, uh, looking at you know what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with that that fucking creepy inbred pig-looking motherfucker um, Kyle Rittenhouse, who um, shot and killed two people and injured another. Um, and then I think it was like a couple days later. Uh, someone in like Portland, I think one of those like Patriot prayer idiots, uh, got shot and killed as well. And then I think, um, Alex, you were just telling us earlier that someone in, uh, in Times Square in New York City, uh, tried to pull a Charlottesville and like ran their car. Right. Yeah. And, uh, a protest like drove it speeding through, drove, drove through like a, um, a line of people. Yeah. There were people like screaming for medics. I don't know if anyone was 
critically injured, but there were definitely people that were injured. Right. Well, this is all like, you know, this was just happening. Like as I was in uh, this uh, zoom meeting with Ricky before we started. Yeah. Well, well, for uh, for the record, it's 1129 PM right now uh, on Thursday. Uh, So we don't really have all the details at the moment, but uh, so if we're wrong, you cannot hold us accountable. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is true. This is true. Um, so you say a lot of stupid shit on the podcast. Like last week, I said that Hezbollah was created by Israel. Very stupid. But um, anyway. <laughs> but I. So it seems like uh, it seems like things are escalating uh, here in the United States, and it's these protests. Uh, and especially when you see, you know, you see the fucking pigs, uh, you know, siding with like these these right wing assholes. Like there are even pictures. Like there are lots of pictures and videos circulating of like like the right wingers and like Black Lives Matter protesters, like uh, like facing each other, like on opposite sides of the street. And like the like the police are literally like only policing the side, like policing the Black Lives Matter protesters. And it just it, it it really seems like we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of cops um, like letting like the right wingers attack uh, protesters and uh, just letting them do what they want. Well, we saw a similar thing here in Kalamazoo pretty recently, right? Oh not yeah, that's here, right. Not here in Kalamazoo, but here in generally, Michigan, yeah, yeah, generally here. But yeah. Like, in, tell us what happened in Kalamazoo. In Kalamazoo, the Proud Boys were like, "Hey, we're going to do this march." And uh, there was a counter protest there, and quite literally, from like testimony, like from uh, reporters and stuff like that, like uh, th- as soon as these like prop boys like came in, they were like beating homeless people and just like trying to cause ruckus, and immediately like they confronted the counter protest, and then they just got their ass beat and ran off with their like tails in their uh, under their legs and had the uh, and had their big brothers, the cops, come in and uh, basically, uh, what's that fucking maneuver where they like pin everybody into like an area? <laughs> Fuck um, it. Kettling? Ke- Kettling? Or something like yeah. I think it's like kettling or kettling or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Addling, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're you know, just that. doing their normal shit. And this is just like, and. You know, I said I, I feel like I said this like uh, before when like all uh, the George uh, Floyd protests were happening, like the this is this almost seems like it's coordinated. You know, it just seems very very, you know, like you had police officers giving water to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and his uh, 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 I guess accomplices in this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we should probably do a little bit of, we should probably talk a little bit about, you know, the justifications of all this and what's the, what's the messaging that's going on before, but we should probably, like, let's, let's. Yeah, we sorted that out with Rittenhouse. Like, I feel like I heard some shit in the beginning that conflicted with later reports. What was his deal? Why was he there? Well, uh, you know. Well, I mean, I guess to play like the most dangerous, dangerous game. <laughs> right. Yeah, just I, like was this guy uh, radicalized on the internet or what? I we know that he was a front row for a Trump rally. 
Okay. Go off. So, um, there's that. Um, I guess, like, I, I just... Because he's, he's know, 17, right? Am I wrong about that? He's yeah, he's 17 years old. His mom drove him to Kenosha from Illinois. So... Yeah, that is, that's amazing. His you know, mom drove I mean, him to Kenosha, or to Kenosha from Illinois. He drove in from Illinois to confront these protests. My because- mom, one time when I was a teenager, my mom drove me across town to the Lansing Mall to play Warhammer 40K at a game store. This guy's mom drove him across state lines to kill people at a protest. Oh, did, did any of y'all, I mean, did any of your parents drive you to a protest when you were a teenager? Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different, different way, though. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, mine, mine was, mine was, like, literally because Israel was shelling, like, babies and shit. So. <laughs> Wait, did you leave your AR at home? Yeah, I left my AR at home. Yeah. I did do that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah like it, it is, it is pretty spectacular, right? You have on the one hand, Jacob Blake, who, you know, I don't really care what his record is. Like he was extradition, extrajudicious, extrajudiciously executed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah like Extra that's judicially extra. Ex- is it is it judicially or judiciously? No, no judicially. judicially. Oh, Extra fuck. judiciously oh. sounds like. <laughs> I sound really dumb. Anyway, like um, so judicious. No, no, this is serious. Shut up, Matthias. He was fucking executed. Right. And and yeah. what you well, you have Jacob to have Blake, zero self respect. Jacob Blake wasn't killed though. Jacob Blake wasn't killed. He wasn't executed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it was, but that's like what we're talking about. That's like what we're talking about. Right. It's like, that's what the, that's what he fucking went through. It's only fucking, thank the fucking Lord. It's only because of divine intervention or whatever that he's fucking Mm -hmm. alive seven times in the back. Jesus fucking Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. It might as well have been an execution. Right. And he's probably never going to walk again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To life totally ruined life taken away from. It's certainly, they would not have cared if, they killed them. I, they I were shooting like, to kill. These are government bureaucrats, and they're just fucking shooting people in the back. And the, these people have zero self-respect that they don't fucking want to burn shit down. And they don't like. And they have the gall. They have the fucking gall to fuck in the same breath as they condemn these fucking riots. It, they they're like, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse had to drive from fucking Illinois. To go do this to protect his community, they're saying this to protect yeah. his community. What the fuck does that? Well, mean? Americans the love going community. other places to kill people to protect their community. That's true. The, the The stated reason why he drove across state lines was to protect was to protect property. Um, now I that's mean, obviously, obviously he that's was going telling. there to fucking shoot people, but. I mean, that's what that's what the stated reason is, is that... I mean, that's all coded, right? I, yeah, it is coded, problem. but, like, I don't know. So I haven't been following the details on this, but so my first impulse is, like, whenever they whenever they convince a 17-year-old to do terror, terrorism, 
right? Every time they do it, I think the same thing, which is that, wow, they're fucking organized, right? That's what I think about every time they fucking ruin a kid's life by convincing him to do terrorism, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what being organized looks like, unfortunately. But it, this one, it, 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 I feel like it's not even organization that's required of them, right? Like, increasingly, these kids are just going out to do just, like, a hobby. Like, I they mean, got a that's and they're just kind gonna of, go hang out and kill somebody, and it's like Ricky, a hobby. Ricky, but that's also what we're saying with the anarchists, and that's why we don't like the anarchists, right? right because they're not because they're not organized. Well, that's the, like we're it. seeing the same thing with the anarchists. It's happening with the anar. It's happening it's just, probably on a larger scale with the left. So our, all right, so we're gonna talk about this then. Let's talk about like the so I you know the the so-called the idea maybe that, not larger scale. It, it's definitely not larger scale, but it's just like they're they're. Okay, there's like those there's like those organized right wing militias, but those are kind of like almost somewhat like dormant. They just kind of like hang out. That's on what their I own. keep saying. That's what I keep saying, right? So, yeah. so I, you know, I always say this, They're and LARPing. I probably yeah. Well, I think there's there's degrees because I think we. So I always say the same thing, and people always are like, "That's not true." There's no way that's true. It's my position that the right the right in terms of militias, in terms of what we used to see, right? Like fucking Ruby Ridge shit, um, is actually less organized than it was 20 years ago. Um, that's what I, I agree. To be true. That's 100% they true. They are better at convincing us that they're organized. It was the nineties for sure. But they're, yeah, especially like in the South, right? With the Aryan nation, um, even like just the fringes of the clan, right? That was more organized than they are now. But r- what they are right now is they are better at short-term, non-structural um, organizing, e.g. convincing a 17-year-old to ruin his life by just killing somebody. They are better at convincing us that they are organized. They are better. And what they have right now is they just have a culture where you don't have to be organized to show up and do violence on behalf of white supremacists, right? It doesn't even require organization anymore. This isn't even about being radicalized. It's actually just, oh God, I'm going to say, I'm going to say normalized. I'm going to I'm sorry. (laughs) It's about something that's been normal. I don't know. Right. It's a different culture. This kid was a, like this kid was absolutely like a wannabe cop. Like he, yeah, uh, yeah, the he, had pro, he had pro police stuff funny. like all over his, all over his Facebook. There was a picture of him like in a fucking, he was like cosplaying as a fucking cop. He took part like in high school, he took part in like this like junior police program or whatever. He, he's, he was like, he's like fucking, he's like fucking Dwight Schrute from the office. If he was a fucking murderer, you know, I like <laughs> which I just... Dwight Schrute would be if he was a real person. I'm going to say what the libs would want me to say, which is that that is how that is radicalizing, right? They're like the cops is like radicalizing or whatever or, or whatever. Right. But I, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even think it's that right. Like it's just also, does he have cop family? Do we know if he has cop family? Probably. I probably not. No clue. Mm, why do we think we would have heard? We would have heard that. Yeah, we would have heard. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But um, like, and I, I don't know, like, probably, probably, like, the the worst, like, thing about this, I think, is, like, I don't know whether this is just, like, I don't, do you, it like, looks like a cop. It, no, is it, is this because, like, of Trump, or do you think that things would be as bad if, like, it, it was just, like, a regular Republican? I think, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know the answer to that, but I do think that there actually is like a heightened law and order reactionary culture that is probably yeah. what and put in put him there. Honestly, right? this in the past in the sixties, right? So like just this normalization of like just murdering people because you're freaked out about your like gas station. Yeah. Uh, get bad example. White people don't own gas stations anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's just like this confluence of things, right? Where you have like the Tea Party movement burning effigies of Obama on fucking nooses. Then you have like, uh, then you then you have the BLM movement, which starts during the Obama administration, twenty fourteen, right? And then then you have like, which some people say is a backlash to that, which is the Trump elect the the Trump election. And then you have Trump. Now he's like going into re-election, and he's got this COVID crisis. And the only thing he has left, really, is like these culture war issues, and just like mm. it's just like like it. Yeah. It, I, it's just. I, like, just, I kind of am interested in the use of culture war to describe the this because in a way that's not normally what we mean when we say culture war, but this law and order sort of the way they use it is culture war the way they use it is culture war the way we use it is like material conditions we're talking about like people being killed um no i think i I would say the other way around they turn culture war issues into life and death right but this really is like a literal like war over culture sort of situation right that's what it is yeah I mean, it's like, what's more, I mean, it's like one of the biggest, like, cultural, like, fucking, Mm -hmm. but Joe Biden is, like, tying himself in fucking knots because he, like, he can't fucking figure out how to be, like, yo, cops shouldn't shoot people. He invented cops shooting people, so. Right? Like, that's, like, that's a fucking cultural totem of America, is cops Mm -hmm. shooting people. Yeah, and I I made a joke about someone shooting him today. Wait, uh, Please. Oh yeah, let's hear about this. Uh, it, it was it's really dumb. He just said, he, uh, "Okay, so former Vice President Joe Biden appeared to joke on Thursday that if he spoke any longer about his plan to increase taxes on the wealthy, uh, he'll shoot me." As as he addressed a group of Kenosha, Wisconsin residents after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Um, so he's like talking about what? like his he's talking what? about he's talking about his initiatives like aimed at combating racial inequality that uh, that he had outlined. Oh my god! And uh, Biden alluded to several people in the audience who appeared to stand up during his remarks or otherwise seemed antsy for the de- Democratic nominee to wrap up. "Quote: I don't want to I don't want to punish I don't want to punish everybody, uh, but everybody should pay their fair share." Biden said of corporations and in, in America's uh, ultra wealthy. I can I can lay it out for you. I won't now because he'll shoot me. Uh, but here's the deal. So okay. What? First of all, nobody likes making a joke about getting assassinated more than I do, right? This is my absolute favorite uh-huh. thing to joke about. Now, who does Biden think he is, Franz Ferdinand? Right. So, so he was joking that this impatient guy in the audience. Yeah, I was gonna shoot him. In- Stop talking over Ricky, guys. That's my no. I have. I don't have anything to say. I'm just really astounded at how that. I'm just so disappointed because this joke had so much potential and it was just deeply stupid. Yeah, yeah. You really like um, overpromised. I think with Uh, the joke about getting shot. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry. I feel like I did. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like he should have said, "Come on, man." Mm. That would have been best. 
I think Fanny is also generous. Okay, so this is Biden related, maybe. I'm just going to take us off on a political debate. Um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about how these new polls are showing that um, defund the police as a slogan, as a platform, is like wildly popular or whatever, right? Which I'm like, cool, yes. That's great. And all the pundits that we know are like, why is Joe Biden running on, why does he have a cop for a veep? Why is he still running on 1992 law and order stuff, right? Do we, like, do we think that somebody could actually, like, win? Do you think somebody could become, I don't know, like, is it really that kind of popular? Or do you think it's possible for someone to, like, win the presidency being like, yes, I'm going to defund the cops? Like, what's your position on that? I would say polling, those kind of questions are really difficult. And that is like, especially on those type of questions, like public opinion can switch a lot. And also depending on the poll and like where you're polling and it's, it's really tough. It seems like law and order has been the main thing that's gotten people elected to public office since. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the case though. That wasn't Obama's message. That's true. Maybe, maybe Obama is an exception to that. Although he did. But that wasn't, but that, but, but that wasn't John Kerry's message either. Right, like right, and Clinton and was like lying yes, about feeling working class pain. Clinton also had like a lot of law. I mean, more of the second time when he got reelected, right? Clinton was also a lot for sure, a law and order. Well, that's for sure, um, yeah. Candidate, right? No, Although like, you're right that he did he did beat originally a worse one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just the CIA president. This, yeah, the CIA <laughs> president. Um. I don't know. I see. This is something I hear a lot of debates about, and I'm just curious about it. Do you think that defund the cops would tank somebody's campaign? Because really, aren't we supposed to be fighting over the suburbs? Isn't that isn't that what they keep telling us? I I mean, yeah. I don't think they're very wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's that's this, th- those th- those are the votes that changed from Trump to Democrat in 2018. Those suburb those suburban votes. And do you think they're going to vote to defund the cops in? I don't know. Maybe it depends. It really yeah. like, and honestly, really and honestly, like, here's what I would say. I would say honestly, just issue like these people don't vote on issues, mm-hmm. especially in the summer. Well, yeah, law and order is almost on. like not an issue, right? It's like a vibe, right? So, yeah, exactly. So yeah. as long as you have like the right vibe. And so sophisticated the, tonight, the vibes. No, no, but that's really what it is. And I, I mean, it, that is actually like the most sophisticated, you know, viewpoint of politics, vibes. right? Yeah, it, yeah. No, it is vibes. Law order vibe it, candidate. I, I, I mean, it's just like people just don't really care about this stuff. I'm like, we're weird. We're we- if you're listening to this podcast, you are an outlier. You're, you're an freak. outlier. You're sure, weird. Sure, sure, yeah. You're okay, a freak. okay. So you you line them up, right? Donald Trump and Joseph Biden. Which of them has like bigger Law and Order vibes? Donald Trump. Oh, Trump. Donald yeah, Trump, yeah. yeah. No, he. No. I mean, oh, sure. Maybe. He took out Joe Biden's that not fucking, there. 
front page yeah, or like you know full page ad to be like yeah. execute these black teens i mean joe biden was probably clapping for him at that moment right yeah absolutely but yeah. he was he was not the one who was like screaming it from the rooftops with like protect, protect my towers you know i once heard someone Only say that, that uh, it hit uh, trump tower <laughs> well either one of them I once heard someone say that uh, presidential elections are just vibe checks for the country. I hate That's that. I, I hate it so much. Vibin' Biden. Oh my god. Vibin', vibin with Biden. Because, like, oh, it's okay. a criticism, but you know there's somebody out there who's tweeting, like, it's a bus, not a, I don't know, you know what the fucking bus thing is? You know, they're like, you're, what the fuck is that metaphor they like, where they're like, you're getting near someplace, and the election just takes you most of the way, and then you get off and have to walk, or whatever. Is that the metaphor? Um, Can someone help me? <laughs> I've heard tons of metaphors for the elections, and I just, I hate them all. I hate all of them. Um, I'm pretty sure that Amy Klobuchar actually at one point, like, almost called um, the election. She was like, we need a, we need like a vibe check. Like, uh, she didn't say vibe. She did not. No, I need to find, I need to figure out what she said. Okay, okay, so here, I'm gonna read this, and I'm not even gonna tell you which Twitter account this came from, because I think they- it's like I said Donald one. Trump, you do not vibe with me. I hate, I hate to admit that was a pretty good clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay, the sentiment is, time to remember the best voting advice I ever heard. Voting isn't marriage, it's public transport. You're not waiting for the one. Okay, I don't think this is usually a mixed metaphor, but I'm gonna keep reading. You're not waiting for the one who's absolutely perfect. You're getting the bus. And if there isn't one to your destination, you don't not travel, you take the one going closest. This is such a bastardization of this metaphor. I'm so glad I read it. Because <laughs> they all fucking sound like that. So okay. you get on the bus. Okay, so first of all, America I has bad just, transit planning. Got it? I despise this. I think the idea is that like voting is a bus, not an Uber, which is Uber propaganda. Look. I think the best. Yeah, I want the Uber. I uh, I have a metaphor here that is more coherent, but I hate it just as much. Uh, this person, this person tweeted, "I keep telling folks, Biden just may have to be your rebound, and that's oh, okay. Uh -oh. He's been in an abusive relationship, and uh -oh. Biden, no. Biden's <laughs> no. a decent guy who could be the bridge between your nightmare and your dream love." He may be, no. maybe who you date before you discover you're into women. Okay, okay. Actually, I want to say something about this because they are implying that you were in a relationship with Donald Trump. Yeah, we. This is like some real. Um, this is, you know, what this is. This is some Foucault shit. Is what this is. It, That's what that it is. is. That's some it is. Shit. This is like the. This is deeply psychological or like psychosexual. Um, mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it's like one time when um, an unnamed person who I know referred to Donald Trump as the ultimate toxic father figure, which I was like, okay. Oh, that's a classic, um, yeah. Which, yo, the president yeah. is not your father. But that's also kind of like, I think, maybe why I um, 
libs love Obama so much because, mm-hmm. you know. Well, dude, libs love to see politicians as, like, parental figures. Um, and yes. it's really fucking disturbing. I do not like it at all. But let's stop. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Alex, can you, <laughs> can you, uh, can you fill us in? Can you update us on uh, what's happening with the sports teams? Yeah, let's sports. That's a lot better uh, as far as uh, gender politics in, in the nation. Um, okay. I'm kidding. I love sports, Alex. Go off. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, sports is pretty cool because it's just, it's a, it's a unifier, you know? doesn't matter if you're left wing or right wing. You root for the Lions. And, you know, you, you, get, you get heartbroken yeah. because they lose. And, uh, well, yeah. I guess, like, I really wanted to talk about how the Lions kind of... I feel like they kind of set off this whole, like, mm-hmm. you know, work stoppage throughout sports that we saw recently with the latest, like, Jacob Blake shooting, right? Like, uh, go go ahead, Ricky. I was going to say, I want you to, because timeline-wise, the people listening might have heard about the NBA stuff, but they have not been paying attention to the Lions. And so I think you should walk us through it, like, so, yeah, Probably yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lions really started before the NBA, like, had their strike or boycott or whatever you want to call it. I, I know that there's some people saying, like, oh, it's actually not mm-hmm. a strike or whatever. But it's, anyways. Yeah, it's a strike. Yeah, anyways. But um, b- before all that stuff happened, the Lions, they canceled practice and they did a protest, you know, in front of the media, basically. They had, like, uh, three people, you know, I think, uh, speak. I think it was uh, Trey Flowers, um, uh, one of the linemen. Who was it? Can't remember which line. Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker and uh, Jerron Harmon, safety. So they had three people uh, speak, you know, uh, during uh, this, like, protest, you know, Trey Flowers kind of was talking, you know, from the perspective of, you know, like uh, the black athletes in the locker room, like, hey, these are, you know, we worry about our family members and this and that. And then you have Taylor Decker talking, like, from the perspective of the white players in the locker room, like, I never have to worry about this kind of stuff. And I really, like, feel heartbroken that, you know, like my family, like my team, my family have to go through this and I don't. Right. And then you had Deron Harmon, which who kind of did like, it was kind of like a prayer almost. Um, and, uh, then, you know, they kind of just, you know, they showed like this whiteboard with, um, we will not be silent and, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, then there was this press conference and, you know, it was a big deal. No other NFL team did anything like this. And also, you know, with the NFL, like you can't, there can't be any politics with football. Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. knows that damn well. Got mm-hmm. blackballed from the NFL because of it. And, uh, you know, so in it, this, what's also significant about this is that it seems that it came from the top down. This was not just the players. This was the coaching staff. This was the general manager, Bob Quinn. This is, this is Matt Patricia, the head coach. This was a united front. Like, yo, we're, we're not okay with this. Like, this is fucked up. 
and we, the last thing on our minds is football right now. We want to like make sure that we use like our platform as like a force for good. And I don't think this is going to be the last of what the Lions do in terms of like this kind of stuff. Um, so I guess that's like the primer, you know, to talking about the basketball league, um, National Basketball League, the NBA, or then the basketball, National Basketball Association, Jesus, NBA. Uh, but yeah, like they're a lot more militant. Um, they were like, yeah, we're not going to play any games. And these are playoff games. And it, it I think it started out uh, off with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they were the first team who were like. Yeah, in fact, they were planning on forfeiting their game and letting the Orlando Magic just win it. And, and the Orlando Magic refused. They the, refused to win. That's yep. so romantic. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. Like that was like very sportsman of uh, the Orlando Magic for sure. Um, you know, very, 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 uh, it's, it's definitely a heartwarming story, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, Although I will, I will say it probably would have made them look like huge assholes to just accept. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways, um, so I guess like before I should continue, I should kind of explain what was going on with the NBA in terms of the bubble. Oh uh, Yeah. In case you didn't know, like all the NBA games have been in, uh, have been in this uh, bubble per se at Disney World, and they're playing all their games there, and they're, the players are not allowed to leave. And after the George Floyd protest, they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to do this bubble thing unless blah blah blah. We like get to do like social justice uh, themes on our jerseys or whatever." Which like they definitely they did that, and then. You know, with the Jacob Blake shooting, they were like, all right, we're going to up the ante a little bit. We're going to not play games. And honestly, I thought it would have been more powerful if they were just like, hey, yeah, unless like Congress acts like we're not going to have playoffs. Sorry. Like we're the we're we're the players. We're not going to we're going to withhold our labor. You know, we're not going to do this. It would have been more powerful. But Barack Obama called in and was like, uh, let me be clear. You should play basketball. Because uh, then the owners will listen to you. Yeah, and, like from what I hear, like he was like he was basically uh, he was basically saying to them that you'll have more leverage if you do what you're supposed to do, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, like insane. Like these are these are NBA players. Like their talent is not there. Can't it's not replaceable. There's no it's NBA without them. Exactly. Um, on the other hand. It does um, make me feel like they are less like the evil, um, cynical masterminds that I frequently think of liberals as, um, you know, post-Bernie when they're like, oh, but you know, what are you going to do not vote? It's like, well, it's the one piece of leverage that you have. And, you know, so they think that you should, you know, that's not on the table for bargaining. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's in a way, it's reassuring to know that he is actually dumb enough to think like, oh, you know what, you guys, um, if you prove that you're valuable, then they'll listen. Well, well he's not, well, he's not dumb. He knows what he's doing. Strike breaking. Like, that's not, well, I wouldn't even say strike breaking. That's what people say yeah. about strikes. It's like just, you know, like the classic line. Um, so what happened? What did they do in response to Obama? 
they listened and they just like yeah they went back that's fucked up and now it's sure listen do we have this phone call on tape obama's a pinkerton no no okay threats maybe blackmail like do we oh my god these basketball players are not dumb so he wasn't reasoning with them in my opinion he had some shit on them or he threatened their kneecaps or their wives he, and children he threatened to drone strike their homes <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna go out on the limb and just say that lebron james wants a title so yeah he he's yeah. gonna he's gonna go back and play he wants to go back and play there's a lot of them want to go back and play yeah um, i got some thoughts about that as but yeah Um, but yeah like uh you know here's the thing here's the thing like you know that that nba is not a monolith like you know there's there was this there is a lot of heat going on with the nba recently in terms of like their uh new um nba association contract or uh like the players association like negotiations there was like a big deal with that going on recently um but it this whole like you know some people didn't even want to can you know restart the nba season you know there were a lot of people who didn't want to start the nba season you have LeBron, people like lebron james who were like no we're gonna restart this thing <laughs> but yeah right like that's just that's just kind of like uh the world we live in you know so uh but yeah it's it's just pretty cool right like um that we're seeing, you know, these players, you know, these kind of, uh, you know, hero figures in our society, uh, you know, using their platform for betterment. I definitely, you know, believe that they could have done a little bit more. But, you know, you take well, what you can get. Well, they skipped, like, one game, didn't they? They postponed the games. Postponed, like, they didn't skip. Yeah. yeah. Like, they just like, postponed Well, they postponed the for, like, one night, didn't they? Right, yeah. Yeah. I think two nights maybe. Like the t- like the two games like the night of and the night after they didn't play, but then they I think they played the day after that. Yeah, it was it was almost instantaneous. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like even if they canceled the season, I doubt that Congress would have done shit. So, I mean, who the fuck cares, anyways? Did you, Have you seen that meme? I don't even know who did the meme first, but you know the one where it's the Grim Reaper knocking on the doors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that the libs tried to make this an anti-Bernie one for a while, but we, uh, it's, um, Obama is now the Grim Reaper. Oh, that's so and funny. Do we remember? Okay, so the first one is, like, Bernie campaign. Before the Bernie campaign, and there's like public option. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's like um, public option Bernie campaign Libya. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And then the NBA protests rip. That's funny. That's really funny. I love describing memes on this podcast. Yeah, this is a very visual podcast. Um, <laughs> We do we do we do a lot of hard work to really uh uh paint brush 
This only for people with synesthesia. <laughs> if you subscribe to the to the top tier Patreon level, then you can get access to our Zoom calls when we tape these. You can get the full visual experience. You know, I do these naked. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to say you look, really, you look really cute tonight, Alex, with your chain and everything. Oh yeah, with everything is it? The, is it the? Uh, is it like the festival white wife beater that I have on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. With the necklace, looks good. Yeah, isn't that a dope tiger? It's like it a, I have a like a yellow tiger. beater on with like a black tiger print on it. Or it's not a tiger mm-hmm. print; it's like a printed tiger. Yeah, it's like the just face. the face, just the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, my hair so. looks cute. Mm-hmm. Your head is yeah. cute. <laughs> you look like little Richard hair. <laughs> which is a good thing hey ladies in my opinion. you heard it here i look cute he looks like little richard i uh i little the- richard in a wife beater <laughs> no we don't call them wife beaters anymore we just call them beaters <laughs> you just did twice <laughs> just beaters for the past okay. 10 minutes, I've been trying to formulate a joke in my head about setting up like temporary locker rooms of the Magic Kingdom, but it's not coming together, so we should just move <laughs> on. Um, wait, wait. Obama, um, the leverage against uh, breaking the strike, he says something like, uh, you better not get in a, a, a helicopter anytime soon. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's too sad. That is sad. It's um, very funny. So it was it was announced um, like a couple days ago that the Trump administration is directing the CDC to use its uh, its quarantine authority to place a, a moratorium on evictions for people earning up to ninety nine thousand dollars a year, uh, which uh, so according according to our. According to our lawyer friends, this will go into effect tomorrow, uh, Friday, uh, according to our lawyer friends. Um, so this is, if this happens, this is a good thing for sure, um, at least for the moment. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, when, this, when this expires, uh, which is set to expire uh, December 31st of this year, that uh, President Trump will absolutely do everything in his power after he's reelected to uh, to help these people uh, who are still facing eviction. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you want me to comment on this? Because I'm the fucking tenant organizer, huh? I guess so. Uh, let me let, let's start with a question, Ricky. Okay. Let's start with a question. Socratic okay. method. All right. So, I forgot my question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like it had something to do with like, um, are, okay. Yeah. I for, Okay. Has any democratic governor, here. has any democratic governor done something similar to this that you I, know of? Yeah. Like ours. Yeah. Like a bunch of them. Yeah. Like a bunch of so like, yeah, but that, but, yeah, but that like, that's I have, yeah. So that's a good point. Um, and yeah, that, right. So, so that's a really good point. Um, I think it needs to be understood that there have been like city level moratoriums, places, there have been count or um, courts, district courts that have refused to enforce, and there have been state level uh, eviction moratoriums throughout this whole thing. It's 
September. Donald Trump comes in when all of the when a bunch of states right these are expiring and does just does it's not even like even functionally an extension of them it's just like a new kind of moratorium right it's a national we, moratorium right so but a lot of and it's states through that the CDC which is like yeah. I feel like I feel like that gives the, the Marxist CDC yeah it does it does it makes it look a lot a lot better right I think this is a really interesting point because it's not Donald Trump just, I don't know I've been watching him but no, he's I, been up on his stage being like I'm gonna cancel the rents right like that's not fucking I'm not doing the impressions it comes from the CDC, right? So it gives it a different kind of credibility, right? I don't think it's more that I don't think it's about the credibility. I think it's more like about how if this the C the CDC, especially during this fucking pandemic, right? Like all the states are just gonna like comply with the CDC. Right? I mean, there are other way, things that they would have to comply to, right? But I think that maybe it's true that this would be more like immediate. And recall that we did have a federal level moratorium, sort of, in the CARES Act, right? It was just extremely selective, um, and it wasn't really a moratorium. It just, like, limited evictions, right, under cer certain mortgages, et cetera. Um, whereas this one applies to all rental properties, which what I haven't done yet and what we're still kind of working through, because, like, I want to say this, like, this just happened. Nobody actually, like, there's information out there. Nobody actually knows. Like, we... We working on the ground with tenants don't really understand stuff that came out a month ago. So like nobody knows what the fuck is going on about with this. Um, and I certainly haven't done a one-to-one -one comparison to, for example, the moratoriums that Gretchen Whitmer did, the ones that were happening in California or any other state that had them. Um, but it is true that Democratic governors did moratoriums on eviction. And it is true we had one and it expired. And now Donald Trump, after our after uh what's the term that that woman from michigan is that the is that the phrase big no. wretch mm -hmm. yeah that after, woman from michigan yeah yeah i lady, with that woman if, after that woman let hers expire and let her people start to get evictions he comes in and gives us this which is not and you know and i can get to my criticisms of it uh but like it's better than not having one right what he just yeah. did is better than what we had before it. And that's why she's deal. that lady and not Big Wretch. Big yeah. Wretch just yeah. got the guillotine. Yeah, but she <laughs> no. but she said fuck and Shark Week in the same sentence, so. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was so epic. You get that, that was so, bacon that was with epic, Big Wretch. That was epic bacon sauce. Yeah. That's what that was. You get to have oh. epic bacon with Big Wretch while watching Shark Week. <laughs> This? Okay, can we talk about that $99,000 thing? That's so fucking funny to me. Oh, you want to talk about the uh, how she's like like uh, doing a victory lap over uh, doing a settlement for the Flint water crisis? Is that it? I Well, I was talking about the, the tenant thing, but yeah, people are in Flint don't like... Yeah. I mean, I'm not... So, I'm not to, so according, according to this Bloomberg article, to, to obtain the relief, renters must assert that, that they are incapable of paying their rents or are likely to become homeless if kicked out of their property, the administration official said. I don't know. What? Right, like, assert, you, like assert to who exactly? Is it the CDC? Right. My, my sense the, is actually uh, that um, you actually, so the way that this has been interpreted is that you like actually just make a verbal agreement with your landlord 
which is both like a very low bar. Like it's inc incredibly easy to, to do that, but it's also like more than you should have to do. Right. Cause you could just tell landlords to like not evict and you can't go to court. Right. You could just like stop the courts. Um, also, this doesn't, um, it's not a moratorium on all evictions. It's for rent, rent and due related evictions, right? So if you're a bad tenant and you're breaking your lease or whatever, you can still be evicted is my understanding at this time, um, which is not what it looked like in Michigan, at least under when we had one. Um, and the important thing in every case is that you will still owe back rent. So you can't get kicked out before December or whatever, but you will owe, you know, like I'm hearing a lot right now, I'm hearing a lot of $4,000. Um, that's what a lot of people owe at this point. Um, and you will owe all of that in, in January. So, and when you will go to court to get evicted, right? Because if you can't pay $400 now, right? $400. That's it like when be... you house with seven people. Uh, you know, if you can't pay $1,200 now, can you pay four times that in four months, right? Yeah, then um, a judge can tell you over Zoom fees. that you're homeless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with late fees. And this is the thing is that we need the we need the moratoria, but this is going to happen. There's no way out of this. There's literally yeah. not any way out of this except not making people fucking pay rents during an economic crisis. Um, what's interesting is that like our complaints about all of these stupid fucking uh, stopgap policies up until now is that they have been um, disempowered. Uh, demobilizing, you know, they have uh, made it harder to see the crisis going on. They have just put aside the problem rather than actually fixing it, uh, which is something the Democrats have been doing everywhere with the with the eviction crisis. Right. They've just been uh, making it harder to see how violent it is, blah, blah, blah. This is different because what he's actually doing now is actually it's not necessarily that, although it's going to have the same effect, you know, this is about the election. Right. So what he's doing is making it look like he cares to a lot of ears who are not expecting him to do this so is this going to win him the election look a lot of stuff can happen between now and then mm -hmm. which is what i'm going to say literally until the day of the election i mean i'm just <laughs> i'm just imagining counted I'm just imagining if Trump wins re-election because of this, like because like a bunch of people fucking voted for him because they because he placed a moratorium on their evictions. And then like the next year when the moratorium expires, he's just like, bye bye. Sorry. Very sad. Bye bye. Well, yeah, that's what get in the black van, honey. We've already seen it. Right. So here's the thing, because anybody in a state with a moratorium that expired, they might already know exactly what's going to happen and they're not going to be fooled by it. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. I also I also think that anyone who like might vote for Trump because their eviction has stopped is also going to look at their back rent and be like, what is he doing about this? So that's also like mm -hmm. something I don't think. Yeah, this, these, no. in, this insane back rent is really, really radicalizing people because from the beginning, we were saying this, we were saying cancel rent from the beginning. Yep. But now that regular people are like, I have to pay. Seven, like, I, okay, so I heard, you know, I'm trying And these to are all people who fucking pay student loans. Not really. No, this is poor people, right? That maybe, yes, not that they're not the same thing, but no, this is like really regular ass, not educated people are people who might have voted for Donald Trump are currently like 
people who wouldn't have thought about this are like, why the fuck do I have to pay $4,000 to this landlord, right? Like, they're, like, super pissed about that. Um, now, granted, that actually does make most of them also really hate Gretchen Whitmer. So it's kind of our job to be like, that doesn't mean that you should also vote for Donald Trump. Um, but, yeah, people people are Making very, our very jobs easy. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, I should have just, like, worked harder to pay back this rent. Mm-mm. I don't know, man. You, I think you'd be surprised at the number of fucking bootlickers there are out there. <laughs> bootlickers aren't the bootlickers aren't out there getting evicted, man. Bootlickers aren't getting evicted. Well, nobody's getting evicted now, so. <laughs> Thanks, as Donald. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. no, as of seventeen minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's right. All right. Well, so to close things out. Uh, apparently Nancy Pelosi went to the hair salon, right? Is, is, I, I yes. haven't heard much about the yes. story. Can you, can you explain this to us, Matthias? Okay. So Donald Trump here, I, I just got to bring up details so that I'm doing my, my good. Donald Trump here. and Nancy Pelosi had a girl's um, night out and they got <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the White House press conference, um, the the press secretary, whatever the fuck her name is, the new woman, was playing a video on the loop of Nancy Pelosi in a hair salon without a mask. So dope. So on dope. loop, just in the background as she answered questions. How, how long is this clip? Like, how long is this video? Um... I don't know. I didn't watch it. Well, you're leaving out... You're leaving out a very important part of the story matthias and that she got this hairdo in san francisco where there is a uh it's illegal like to get fucking haircuts in the hair salon or yes yes they have you know a big uh lockdown because you know pandemic right (laughs) exactly like those tiktok parties in la Nancy Wait, explain Pelosi the TikTok parties. TikTok. I actually don't know about the TikTok this, parties. Well, this is my understanding is that like there's these managers of TikTokers who like keep all the TikTokers locked up in these like Hidden Hills mansions like 24/7 like NBA and the Disney World. Are you talking about like the hype and, house? I like where uh, this is going. Let, let me explain it formally so, to open up people's imagination. So the way I understand it is that all these TikTok children are locked up in this house, <laughs> Pizza Gate style. I think it's called the hype house. I think I know what and, you're talking about. Okay, listeners, go there, Hidden Hills, California, and uh, the neighbors the are are really pissed and the cops are threatening to like raid them uh dr- drone strike this house uh what? they keep posting all these they have these very big parties <laughs> with influencers Laki got his start on vine so this doesn't and, surprise me and they keep posting them to instagram or tiktok and so on and none of them wear masks and my understanding, this is uh, my interpretation as I've heard it from a drama channel that explains things to me, is that the boss man of the of the prison for TikTokers went to the New York <laughs> Times and said, 
Well, first of all, he said, <laughs> why he said we're not going to stop partying. <laughs> and then he also said that um, how are we expected to make income? How are, he said we're, we're, we're internet celebrities. How are we expected to make income during a lockdown if we can't have parties? This is what the man whose job is already Zoom meetings said. Their, their job is creating Zoom videos, and they said, how are we supposed oh. to make any income for ourselves if God. we can't have a party physically without masks on? This is my understanding of what's going on in Los Angeles. <laughs> the point being, i that's also Nancy Pelosi. Oh, are you watching that's... Keemstar? Don't excuse me of watching Keemstar. You're there's watching Keemstar. Awesome. There's a lot of commentary channels out there, Alex. <laughs> I watch channels. I watch channels that comment on Keemstar to explain Keemstar to me. That, oh, true, Keem, actually, Keemstar is actually one of like my blessed discoveries of the past year. I can't mm -hmm. believe I let I lived so long without knowing you. Uh, subscribe to Ben's Patreon if you want me to explain more TikTok and YouTube drama. I was gonna say I actually. I didn't I didn't quite follow all of that, but I am on board with the idea of creating prisons for TikTokers. Yes, yes. Um, okay, but Nancy Pelosi. So she does the illegal trip to the salon. No mask. Very hypocritical. Very nasty. Um, and so, you know, there's videos on loop and Nancy Pelosi responds that um, the footage was released. It was a, a setup, she said, which is awesome. Very good rebuttal. I like to imagine Nancy Pelosi saying that it's an op. Um, My haircut was an op. <laughs> but uh, Donald Trump was naturally very quick to respond, quote, Crazy Nancy Pelosi said that she was, quote, set up by the beauty parlor owner when she when she improperly had the salon open and didn't wear a mask. Does anyone want a speaker of the house who can be so easily set up? He don't miss. He don't miss. Can I... Can I say, first of all, uh, really, literally, do I want a speaker of the house that easily set up? You don't, right? No. Like, no. no. It's terrible instincts. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have been the worst opposition in American history. I, I know. This is just a perfect example. This is this is, I can't believe she somehow topped the ice cream fridge. She somehow okay, talked I know, ice cream, ice cream fridge. fridge. That's what's on my mind. So listen, listen. So like a year ago, or last fall, when we were all like fucking idiots on here, thinking about a future that might happen, yes. my my position was I was like Nancy Pelosi isn't isn't opposing Donald Trump because she's the same, right? Yes. I don't even fucking know what I believe anymore, but I can't believe I'm saying this. Nancy, this bitch in particular is somehow tanking the Democratic Party. That is how bad it is. Like, she's so bad that, like, the Democratic Party needs to cut her loose so that they could go back to to being, like, equal levels of evil of the Republican Party. She's really, really, really fucking it up. This bitch does not understand optics at all. For someone who has managed to pull off all these epic fifth-dimensional clapbacks... Uh, by giving Donald Trump like a standing ovation or whatever, 
sarcastically. I don't know. Uh, I want to bring yeah. it up. That was Nancy Pelosi when she told that poor fucking DSA or on MSNBC that Americans don't want socialism, right? You remember yes. that? Yeah. She was like, we're capitalists. We're a capitalist country. Yeah, that was like radicalizing to me in the sense that it made me want to just like join the center dem- democratic socialists because I was like, fuck this bitch. It like radicalized me towards like uh, institutional socialism. Yeah, you guys remember when that crazy Donald Trump supporter sent uh, Nancy Pelosi a pipe bomb? Well, he sent a bunch of people a pipe bomb. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm just reminiscing about one specific person. <laughs> Chris Cuomo caught the heat of uh, Trump recently, right? There was Did like he get his, a pipe bomb? No, there was this leaked audio apparently from Michael Cohen. Michael oh, Cohen cool. like recorded Chris Cuomo like denying. Oh yeah, he's like talking about like he, he was denying like accusations of sexual assault, right? Right on on tape. Which Three is, times, yeah. like Peter. that's that's some that's some Roger Stone sleaziness. Mm-hmm. Do- Donald Trump continues that to continue, continues to surprise. <laughs> well, you know, never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Italians and catcalling. Speaking of Italians, hey. Nancy Pelosi and her hair, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, you spent so much time in the beauty salon, but you wouldn't look at it. Or you wouldn't get it if you looked at her hair. No, but I mean, yeah, no, she uh, she does like you know. No, I'm not gonna say it. It's just, it's just so like you're you're like a democratic leader. And yeah, just fuck it. I'm done. I'm done. I she, no- looks like an, <laughs> she looks like an Ellie Valley drawing. <laughs> I I haven't seen it, but that's that's pretty harsh. I think that might be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Towards Nancy Pelosi. Remember when everybody was calling Valley an anti-Semite? Oh yeah. Like a couple of people, or like one or two people online. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. I wonder. I, I wonder if um, Nancy Pelosi thinks Ellie Valley's anti-Semitic. Yeah, she does. Weigh in, Nancy. Nancy, come on the pod. <laughs> She's got a bunch of daughters that are like Democratic strategists or whatever, right? Let's get them on the pod. We want all of Nancy's daughters on the pod. <laughs> was it? Was it one of Nancy Pelosi's daughters, the one who like tweeted out after the Epstein arrest yes. that like? That, that, like, some of our faves... Some of our faves, yeah. Might be implicated. <laughs> she was talking about her mother's faves. <laughs> if, uh, if that... Yo, if that... some of our favorite adrenochrome hookups might be implicated. <laughs> some of the favorite family friends who used to come over for dinner. If that specific daughter of Nancy Pelosi wants to come on the pod, uh, she is more than welcome. I, I would love to. I would love to find out who her faves are. Um, yeah. Okay. Things attached. So that seems like a good place to wrap things up. Um, so just to just so everyone knows, I believe we are planning on uh, live streaming this Sunday, the sixth. Yeah, the sixth of September. Uh, starting at 8 o'clock p.m., which you can find either on our Facebook page or uh, twitch.tv slash State of the Revolution. Uh, you, can, you can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. You can email us. You can email us at SOTRPod at gmail.com. Um, am I forgetting anything? I, 
I've done this. I would say tune into the live stream. I'll probably be blitzed after the first Lions game, and I'll give you guys a post game. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see y'all on Sunday for the live stream. Yes. Bye. 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 Bye.